1: Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Listen to Locatora Radio
0: as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Volume. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Now me, I'm big on quarterback bets, so... Patrick Mahomes, I'm all in on a whole bunch of different bets with him. Brock Purdy, I'm all in on a whole bunch of different bets with him. And if there's any Taylor Swift bets that are available, I'm all in on them as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MANIX. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code MANIX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one gambler or in West Virginia, visit www100 800 gamblernet In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. Welcome to Boxing with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. Want to jump on the feed here on, what is it, Friday evening, East Coast time, to talk about what we've seen in boxing over the last 24 hours. Some developments in boxing over the last uh, 24 hours. Uh, didn't plan on doing a second pod this week. Did one earlier in the week. Keith Eidek, uh from Boxing Scene joined me. Teofimo Lopez, he joined me. But I was, my next planned podcast was early in next week. But there's just too much to talk about right now. So I want to jump on the feed and discuss a couple of things. First thing is what we saw in the Teofimo lopez Jermaine Ortiz fight Thursday night. Uh, if you missed it. Teofimo Lopez won a decision over Jermaine Ortiz. Uh, this was a, well, it was a terrible fight. <laughs> I was trying to find a softer way to put it, but it was a really bad fight. Jermaine Ortiz came in with a game plan that was not dissimilar than the game plan we saw Sandor Martin employ in his fight against Lopez. Sandor Martin didn't win that fight, but he came really close. A lot of people thought he won. Uh, Jermaine Ortiz did a lot of the same things. He moved, he relied on his jab, and he counted on Teofimo's inability to cut the ring off. And that game plan was largely successful. Uh, I thought Jermaine Ortiz squeezed out a close decision. Two judges gave it 115-113 for uh, Teofimo, which was fine. I thought that was well within that margin of error for judging One judge, Steve Weisfeld, who, if you've listened to this podcast or listened to me on DAZN, you know I have a lot of respect for Steve Weisfeld. I did a magazine story on judging using Steve Weisfeld as kind of the gold standard of judging. But Steve Weisfeld, in my opinion, had a bad night. He scored that fight 117-111 in favor of Teofimo. And look, I understand Teofimo was the aggressor throughout this fight. Jermaine Ortiz was the reason that the crowd inside Mandalay Bay was booing as often as they were, but you can't convince me that Teofimo Lopez won nine rounds of that fight. I just don't believe it. I mean, the punch stats were bad. I think Jermaine Ortiz outlanded Teofimo by maybe one or two shots, according to CompuBox. Ortiz threw more punches, but... Neither of these guys had an accuracy level above 21%. So it was a brutal fight and a tough fight to score. But giving nine rounds to Teofimo, to me, it's just rewarding aggression. And th- that's not the name of the game in boxing. You, th- there's a lot of re- things that go into a fighter winning rounds. There's ring generalship. There's uh, you know scoring points, frankly. I mean, I thought Teofimo wound up and threw some bigger punches, but... You know, in a lot of these rounds, it was Ortiz landing what I thought were the cleaner shots, even if there weren't a ton of them being landed in that spite. So the scoring was questionable, especially that 117, 111 scorecard. But my bigger takeaway was that this was now a third fight in Teofimo's recent history where a fighter has either beaten him or nearly beaten him simply by exposing some weaknesses in Teofimo's game. Uh, You go back to 2020, uh, George Cambosis, how he fought Teofimo Lopez, 2000 against 21, I guess that was. George Cambosis facing Teofimo Lopez, theater at Madison Square Garden. George Cambosis outboxes Teofimo in that fight. Yeah, he landed that first round knockdown, but he won that fight by being the savvier boxer on that night. Fast forward to the Sandor Martin fight. Look, Sander Martin is as difficult a fighter to face um, as you're going to find. He's slippery. He's tough to hit. He sticks and moves. We saw what he did against Mikey Garcia. That turned out to be Mikey Garcia's last fight. Sander Martin is a tough guy to fight. But Teofimo could not track him down. He could not cut the ring off. And that inability was exposed on that night. That inability was once again exposed against Jermaine Ortiz. I mean, look, Jermaine Ortiz, give him credit. had a great game plan. I mean, his game plan was throw punches, then move to the right. Move away from Teofimo Lopez's power hand. Um, Accomplished boxers, whether they're Terrence Crawford or Canelo Alvarez, uh, they know how to counteract that. You know, they know what to do when a fighter moves in that way. Teofimo didn't look like he had any idea what to do. He didn't know how to cut the ring off in that moment. You couple that with a non-existent jab, and you're giving Jermaine Ortiz all he needs to pull off an upset win. And. You know, Again, I'm not going to quibble with the decision. Two judges had a 15-13. I was fine with that. Even if that other scorecard had gone Jermaine Ortiz's way, it still would have been Teofimo by decision. That's fine. What I took away, though, was as the competition ramps up and as the competition starts to include great boxers with diverse skill sets, Teofimo's going to have a lot of problems with them. A lot of problems with them. Look, he's determined for some reason to fight Terrence Crawford. Now, that's not going to happen for many reasons, but he wants to fight Terrence Crawford. That is not a competitive fight. Not only is Crawford bigger and stronger, but Crawford is exponentially more skilled. And the kind of things that Jermaine Ortiz was able to do to Teofimo, Crawford can do them 10 times over. And Crawford would be the guy hunting Teofimo on that night. I mean, that's, that's a bad matchup for Teofimo Lopez. But even some of the guys... At 140, I mean, Devin Haney, we'll talk about him in a minute because he's got a big fight now coming up, but if you told me Devin Haney and Teofimo Lopez were going to fight in, say, June, I, I, I'd bet every nickel I had on Devin Haney because Devin Haney is an incredibly gifted boxer who comes into the ring with incredible game plans. He's not a traditional runner. Like, you can call what Jermaine did running. You can call what Sandra Martin did running, but... Devin is incredibly hard to hit. And after watching Teofimo against fighters like Martin and against fighters like Ortiz, you're not going to be able to convince me that he can catch up to you know, a guy like Devin Haney and, and track him down and land those big shots. To me, a fight between Teofimo Lopez and Devin Haney right now would look a lot like the fight that Devin Haney fought against Regis Progre, where Devin took away his best weapon and just outboxed him the entire night. So is going to have to go back to the drawing board here. And look, I mean, a lot of people in the past have suggested, you know, finding a new trainer. There have been calls for that for a couple of years now. Um, Teofimo has been resistant to that. In fact, he takes a lot of pride in, you know, sticking with his father as his trainer. And look, there's reason to. You know, you go back to 2020, Teofimo was the Boxing Writers Fighter of the Year. Uh, just last year, he wins a big fight at 140 against Josh Taylor. You have to give Teofimo Sr. a lot of credit for that. But there is a weakness in Teofimo Lopez's game. That needs to be addressed, whether it's bringing in more voices to his training camp, which I think is the bare minimum you have to do. I mean, one thing I like a lot about Devin Haney is that Bill Haney, his father, is confident enough in his relationship that he's willing, if not eager, to bring in other trainers to work with Devin. I mean, recently, Ben Davison uh, was brought in to Devin's camp. Ben Davison is still advising you know, Devin Haney to this day. I mean, he's just looking for the best information out there. And if Teofimo wants to be on that pound-for-pound level, he's got to do the same because anyone that fights him is going to try to do exactly what Martin... And exactly what Ortiz did to him—make him move, make him chase you, make him miss—and then hit him and get out. It's a strategy that hasn't worked, you know, with a hundred percent accuracy. But it's a better way to win than standing in the pocket and slugging it out with him, you know, as some fighters in the past have tried to do. So I think Teofimo's got to go back to the drawing board a little bit and address that hole in his game because if, if he starts hunting these big-name guys, whether it's Haney, Crawford, you know, Super al Matias, well, I don't think Matias is going to fight Teofimo anytime soon. I think Matias has got another plan for 2024. But some of these other guys at 140, these name guys, he's going to have trouble with. He just is because, you know, what I saw from Jermaine Ortiz is a problem that needs to be fixed within –
0: Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China
2: Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often
0: very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often.
1: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, The other big news on Friday was the revealing that Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney are going to fight. Yes, both men put on social media that April 20th will be the fight date, presumably that is a DAZN pay-per-view show. Uh, I'm really excited about this fight. Really excited about this fight. And I got to give both these guys an enormous amount of credit for making this fight happen. Uh, Both these guys, over the last year or so, have proven that not only do they talk the talk, but they walk the walk, too. You look at the last three opponents for both men. For Ryan Garcia, it was Tank Davis, it was Oscar Duarte, and now it's Devin Haney. For Devin Haney, it was Vasily Lomachenko, it was Regis Progre, it was now Ryan Garcia. So, and look, the Duarte fight was a comeback fight for Ryan Garcia as he was making his way up and weight. and that was widely perceived, and it turned out to be the case in the ring as a tougher than expected comeback fight for a fighter coming off the loss, like Ryan Garcia was. These guys just want these big fights, the, and these guys are doing whatever they can to make these fights. Look, both these guys could have gone in different directions. Like Ryan Garcia, I know. Look, he was chasing the Rolly Romero fight; he wanted the Rolly Romero fight for a couple of reasons, and I actually agreed with. Ryan's approach. I mean, I thought it would have been the smartest, most lucrative play to fight Roley, beat Roley, and then get Roley's version of the 140-pound title and then go into a fight against Devin Haney. But once that fight fell apart, the fact that Ryan quickly pivoted and said, I want to fight Devin Haney, who is at this point more accomplished than Ryan Garcia. The fact that he did that, he deserves a lot of credit for doing that. And Devin Haney... Look, every move Devin and Bill Haney have made since they, you know, kind of took the reins of their career, uh, of Devin's career, has been the right one. I mean, going promoterless, at least for the major promoter for a while, signing a deal with Showtime without having a major promoter behind them, getting Devin some big fights and some good exposure, signing a short-term deal with Matchroom that enabled Devin to get a version of the 135 pound title signing a co-promotional deal with top rank and Lou DiBella, which enabled Devin to, uh, fight, uh, both Cambosis fights over in Australia and that fight against Lomachenko. Uh, he, he's done everything right, you know, with his career. And he has consistently said, I'm looking for the biggest and best fights. And he has made the biggest and best fights. I have no doubt that if, uh, you know, a Tank Davis fight was available to Devin Haney, he would take it. But this fight against Ryan Garcia was there. The money was on the table. Uh, he didn't seemingly hold out for every last dollar, You know, things that sometimes happen when fights fall apart. And he made the fight happen. And now he's going to be in yet another big fight. I don't have any information yet on where this fight's going to be. I'm going to assume it's in Las Vegas, but wherever it is in Las Vegas, Haney Garcia sells out, whether it's the T-Mobile Arena MGM Grand, Mandalay Bay, wherever they decide to put it, this fight is going to sell out. Maybe it goes to New York, though I, I think Vegas is probably more likely at this point. But either way, it is a big fight. It is a sellout. Um, and it's a great fight for both these guys. Um, it, it's, it's just one of the best fights you can make right now in the 140-pound division. So I'm happy this fight got made, thrilled this fight got made. It is a major fight that, to the winner, is really going to propel them to another level. I mean, the early, yeah, the the early suggestions, Devin will probably outbox him, and I can see that. Look, Ryan won his fight by knockout against Oscar Duarte, but did struggle during that fight, did that whole shoulder roll, middle rounds of that fight. Nobody really understood that. But remember this. This will be the seventh time these two guys have shared the ring. They are three and three in the amateur ranks, according to both these guys. And... They are very familiar with how each other fights. So I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park for Devin Haney. And if we've learned anything from Ryan Garcia, it's that all he needs is one shot. All he needs is one big punch. And look, Devin's going to do everything he can to take that big shot away from him. He's highly skilled in that respect. But I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a great fight. We'll talk more about this on next week's Pop. I just want to weigh in with my thoughts on that, on Teofimo Lopez on what's been a very interesting Thursday night, Friday morning in the sport of boxing. So we'll get into all that and more on the show next week.
2: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.